Praise the Lord. Amen. Amen. Come on, man. You guys are just shouting it out. Amen. Amen. That sounded pretty excited to me. Anyways, <laughs> praise the Lord. Welcome to the church. Hallelujah. Amen. Praise the Lord, man. So we were just singing those declaration songs, right? We were just busting out, declaring his sovereignty, man. We were singing King of Majesty, Great I Am, singing these songs that just declare that he is King of Kings. He is Jesus, all right? He is the wonderful counselor. He is omnipotent. We were going all over the place, weren't we? Did you mean it? Praise the Lord, Amen. I, I, wanna, I got a question for you, man, because this, that means something. To say those things about God, to say those things about Jesus, doesn't that mean something? Yes. All right, I got a question for you, man. It's going to, you know, and again, think about this for a minute, all right? Don't just be quick. Hey, you know, man, think about it. Is, it. is it possible to sing these songs and yet miss him altogether? Yeah. <laughs> Is it possible to pray our prayers and not even really realize who we're praying to sometimes? Is it possible, man, to listen, all right, to his word, to know his word, to even memorize his word and still walk away from it unchanged? We just shouted out Jesus' ultimate authority. And yet, if any of these things were possible that we just shared, that we just had those questions I just had, if any of these are, are possible, I got to ask you a question, man. Who's really in charge? Who's really in charge? If I could walk away unchanged, who's in charge? I could sing these songs and miss them all together. Who's in charge? I can pray and not really know who I'm talking to, man. Who's in charge? That's a question I want you to think about throughout this talk this morning, and it's a pretty important question. So I want to challenge you guys right now. Would you, would you do me a favor? Would you stand up with me as I read the Word of God? We like to do this every once in a while, and I think it just kind of recenters us, recenters us. All right, and so um, let me just pray real quickly. Father, um, this is your Word, Lord God, we're about to experience, Lord God, and and be able to look at the life that your son lived here and the things that he taught, Lord God, and I just pray that you just help us understand in Jesus' name. Amen. We're in Luke chapter 20 and verse 1 through 8. We're breaking ground, man. We're all the way in Luke 20, and it's only taken us two years. It's pretty awesome. <laughs> We're in chapter 20, verses 1 through 8. I'll have the words up here. Uh, or if you have your, your, your Bible, open it up or your app to, I'm, gonna, I'm reading out of uh, the English Standard Version. All right, and beginning in verse one, it says, one day, as Jesus was teaching the people in the temple and preaching the gospel, the chief priests, the scribes, the elders came up. All right, those who were in perceived authority, all right, came up. Those who everybody thought was in charge, they came up on him. And they said to him, man, they came up to Jesus as he's teaching and preaching among the people. And they said, tell us by, uh, by what authority you do these things. Or who is it that gave you this authority? And he answered them and said, I will ask you a question 
Now tell me, was the baptism of John from heaven or from man? And they discussed it with one another, right? Come over, man. They discussed it with one another. And they said, well, if we say from heaven, he's going to say, why didn't you believe him? But if we say from man, all the people are going to stone us, for they were convinced that John was a prophet. So they answered him. They answered that they didn't know where it came from. And Jesus said to them, neither will I tell you by what authority I do these things. <laughs> All right? Your glory, O oh Lord. Amen. Your glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, guys. Go ahead and sit down. The, 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 the guys who claimed spiritual authority over the people were actually getting in the way of God's authority in the people. Those who claim spiritual authority over the people, we're here, we're going to do this, right? All right, we're actually getting in the way of God's authority in the people. Those who were responsible, literally responsible, if they were reading their scriptures like they claimed they were, they were responsible to find and point out the son of the living God, actually, and instead, they were actually trying to shut him down. If anyone should have recognized all right, the work that God was preparing in and through Jesus Christ, his son, it should have been those who claimed God was totally in charge of everything. The question for us right now, right here today, is will we, his church, be able to tell a different story than those guys? Because this is always a big deal. The gospel of Jesus Christ, the authority of God, is always a big deal. And I know this, why? Because everyone on the planet, man, every person here and not here, man, every person on the planet knows deep inside that they're not completely right with God. They're not right with their creator. Every one of us know, man, everyone that are watching online, everyone, everyone you know, everyone we know, knows that we fall short when it comes to God. That's not to put people down, that's just a fact. We know this from the time we started saying no. All right? We know this. You better know. We know it. We ain't right. All right? We know this. And I'll tell you right now, nobody knows this more or cares about this more than our God in heaven. In the context of our scriptures, Jesus then was preparing the people. He was preaching and teaching. He was preparing the people for what he was about to do. Jesus today, man, is leading us, the people, and the people on this planet, man, to trust what he already did. See, Jesus, Jesus he, he cleared the way. He cleared the path, right? He, you, know, the, the, you know, for us, he, we, we owed death. We owed death. We owed death a debt, all right, that we couldn't cover. All right, and he paid that debt. Our sin wrote a check to death that we know we, we couldn't pay. But his cross paid it in full. And his resurrection was the proof of purchase. Yeah. 
Like he got up and said, yeah, I really did handle that. <laughs> You're welcome. Praise the Lord. Amen. <laughs> and the presence of his Holy Spirit in our life is the guarantee until we see him again, because we ain't showing up empty handed. Praise the Lord. Amen. That's a big deal, by the way. <laughs> right? <laughs> right? We, 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 couldn't, we, we couldn't cover that payment that we owed. Just one sin, just a sin. We were born in that sin, man. Just one sin. We couldn't cover that payment. But Christ covered it, paid in full. Amen? That's a pretty big deal. Amen. Last week, we talked about structures, all right, that we put up to support the growth of that gospel, that good news. The gospel means good news, all right, and this is the good news of Jesus Christ. Uh, Last week, we talked about how we put up structures, all right, to support the growth of the gospel that we're all involved in. We talk our spiritual disciplines, right? They, they support, you know, for, for, for personal growth of, of the gospel in our life. That's, that's the structure we put in. We put in the structure of our, our church systems and, and ministries for the collective growth of the church, of the gospel in the life of the church, all right? Our, our Jesus work in the community, all right, is for the public growth of the gospel, all right, in the world. We talked about how we put up these structures, but we also share that, that there's a problem, man. When you start to take pride in what you've built, you will lose the purpose of why you built it. If we start taking pride in all these structures that we created, you know, I, I read the Bible seven times a day. Really, what do he say to you? What's he saying to me? What's he saying to us? You know, I, we have all these killer you know, things in our church, man. Is this so awesome? All these lights going off and everything else. Yes, but is the gospel being preached? We have all these, you know, humanitarian efforts in the world and we're doing all this stuff, man. It's so awesome and it's so awesome. You should come. Yes, yes, yes. But do they know that it's because of Jesus Christ shed blood on the cross that he died, that he was buried and that he rose again and he's the king of all these efforts? We, we, when you start to take pride in what you've built, you lose the purpose of why you built it and forget who is really, truly in charge. Amen? Amen. Luke chapter 20, verse 1. We're going to go through this, man. And um, I'm going to put some scriptures up on the screen. And I'm going to read a couple of words and talk about those words, man, just so we can take an inner, in-depth look at this sometimes. I'll put the scriptures on the screens. And you know, if you're like, hey, man, you didn't read the whole thing. Just read it. It's up there. Read the darn scripture, all right? I'm going to talk about it. It'll be up there. Read the scripture, all right? And let's just see how God leads us, amen? 20 verse 1, Luke 20 verse 1, all right? Here we go. Check this out. We'll put the scripture up there. One day, let's stop right there, all right? One day, we have to stop right there. Why? Because Jesus is in the last week of his life before the cross. This is a big deal. This is an important day. All right, we know that Sunday he came in, all right, right, you know, and then the people shouted out. Hosanna was like pretty awesome, all right, and we know that he went back to Bethany and kind of hung out and then came back. So this could be Monday, it could be Tuesday. We do know this that this coming Friday, all right, in this context of time, he's going to the cross. This is a big deal. This is a big day, man. He's got like literally four or five days left before the cross. 
He's getting crucified for your sins and my sins. Pretty quick. It's a pretty important week, wouldn't you say? He's going to die for the sins of the world, right? In just a couple of days, a few days. Even for those ones who are plotting against him and trying to destroy him, he's going to die for their sins as well. Today, we know that he already died and rose again from the grave and is alive today. He defeated death. He defeated the grave. We can say, death, where's your sting? Where's your victory? We got no problem with that. Amen. I tell you what, man, when there's a man or woman who lives on the planet that you cannot threaten with death, they are invincible in the name of Christ. Amen. It's a big deal. <laughs> Woo, I love talking about this stuff. Praise the Lord. All right. He killed off the power of sin. Even for those today that are still trying to destroy him. It says that one day Jesus was teaching uh, the people in the temple and he was preaching the gospel. And people were like, what gospel was he preaching? He hadn't gone to the cross yet. He was preparing people for what he was about to do. And we're actually in the next couple of months, we're going we're gonna to take a look at these last few days and we're going to see some of the things that he was teaching and preaching. And it's going to be quite amazing. You need to stay tuned. He was preaching the kingdom. All right, kingdom of God and the salvation of his Christ. Pastor Brian and I were talking the other day about how old we're getting. I mean, actually how old he's getting because I'm still doing pretty good. Um, no, we're talking about, because we're just getting all grayed down. You know what I'm saying? It's kind of a thing. You start tripping on when you get a little older. You're like, man, I'm getting all grayed down. All right, and... Uh, we're just considering, like, how long we actually got left, man. If we have this many years and this many years, and we look at life, some of the people in the Bible, they lived a lot of years, all right? But the truth is, we don't know how long we got left. But we do know, man, if this was our last week, and if this was our last day, these are, this would be a pretty important week, wouldn't it? A pretty important day. And the question is, well, what gospel would we be preaching? What about you? We know we have right now. Man, what gospel are you preaching like right now? And then, and then he had all these, 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 these perceived authority figures, the chief priests, the scribes, the elders. They all came up, man, and they wanted to just catch him up in a priest. Check this out. And in verse 2, he says this. It says, so they, they said to him, tell me, tell us by what authority... You do this stuff right here. You do these things. Or who is it that gave you this authority? You know what's crazy is today it seems that a lot of Christians, not all of us, because I see a lot of you guys just going crazy with praying the Lord, praising the Lord in public. But we see a lot of Christians in public not, not too vocal about the reason and the hope that they have within us. All right? And we see a lot of people who oppose our faith they have no problem putting it on blast. The religious leaders of the community showed up and they started challenging Christ. And these guys were actually doing quite good in the community, quite good financially. They were doing really, really good, you know, I mean, uh, and they were doing really good socially because they were in the finest of circles, all right? And they were doing real good influentially because that was their position, man. They're just gonna make sure that things are going their way. 
And they came to confront Jesus, not, not because, you know, not for the people, not because they were taking care of him, just kind of having the people's back, but mainly because he, Jesus was confronting all their comforts. His message was a little bit too crazy for them. And, and people are still doing this today for the same reasons. See, they, they didn't really care about his answer. We're going to find this out right now. They just wanted to remove his influence. Doesn't that sound familiar today? You know, people ask you questions about God. They don't really care about your answers. They're just trying to find ways to remove the influence of God, not only in their, but in your life as well. They, they thought they had a pretty clever question. You know they huddled back over there. We're going to go talk to this dude. Let's, what, what should we ask? Let's ask him about authority. Yeah, whose authority did? Yeah, because if he says God, we're just going to go off on him, all right? That's what they were doing. So we're straight off on this dude. And they thought they had this pretty clever question. The problem with their question about authority and influence is they didn't understand what God thinks and his, what God's truth is about purpose and authority and influence. If they did, they would have recognized that their authoritative position was meant to serve the people, not themselves. That's our position in the world as a church, isn't it? And it's crazy because sometimes today, even Christians are asking this question, is God really in charge? Is God really in charge? Who's in charge? I have a better question for us. As followers of Christ, I have a much better question. And, and I'll put it up here, man. Be, because you have lived Today, let me ask you this, because let's talk about tomorrow. Because you have lived today, will there be more justice? Will there be more equality? Will there be more compassion? Will there be more liberty? Will there be more opportunity? Will there be more peace? Will there be more love in the world tomorrow? Because you live today, will there just be more Jesus in the world tomorrow? Because you lived, all right? Because you're walking like Jesus walked right now. That's a better question. Because we know the authority of God. We know the sovereignty of God. We just sang it. Because we know that, man, the question is right here. Man, will, we, will there be more Jesus tomorrow because you are a Jesus person today? That's a big question, man. And if you were really think about tomorrow, what does tomorrow hold? Okay, some of you are getting up and going to work. Some of you are, are staying around the house and you're just kind of getting things ready for your children and getting things ready for your house, taking care of things. Will, will, there, will there be more Jesus tomorrow because you are a Jesus person today? Even if today was your last day, will there still be more Jesus tomorrow because of your life today? Big question, man. kind of a big deal, ain't it? Yeah. All right, just looking for some amens. You guys are like, <laughs> all right. <laughs> right on, man. Praise the Lord. <laughs> right on. And he answered. Look at Jesus, man. He answered them. He says, I will, I will, 
I also will ask you a question. They ask it, who's, who, who, who's authority? By what authority you got claim? By whose authority are you doing all this stuff? And Jesus didn't even bother to answer that question. Instead, he tossed them a question. He answered the house them and says, I will ask you a question. Now you tell me. He flipped the script right on them. All right? He tried, they tried to catch him in a freeze and he froze them. You know what I mean? It was just pretty cool. And this is a really kind of a, it's a pretty amazing and clever technique. I heard somebody say one time, well, when you question your questioner, you quickly learn the intent, that intent is prior to content. When you question your questioner, you quickly learn that intent is prior to content. In other words, you reveal to yourself, all right, and even to the questioner, the intent of their question. Why are they even asking? It's pretty clever. Just don't try it on your wife. It's not, you know what I mean? Hey, honey, would you like hamburgers tonight? Hmm, I have a question for you. <laughs> What's just right, ketchup or ketchup? I'm having a problem with this. Help me out. Hmm? You know, don't do it because you won't eat, all right? So he continues with his question, verse four, and this is brilliant. <clears throat> Excuse me. He says, was the baptism, the baptism of John from heaven or was it from man? All right, John, the forerunner of, 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 of the Messiah, right? The, you know, the, the, the one who said, there he is. The one who said, behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. The one who, Jesus came up and said, I want you to baptize me. He's like, whoa, 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 whoa. No, man, you need to baptize me. He says, man, just, I'm just trying to confirm your ministry right here and I'm trying to identify with the people. This is what's happening right now. Just do this, John. He told them, with the baptism of John from heaven or was it from man? It's a brilliant question because John pointed to Jesus and Jesus confirmed John's ministry. All right, by being baptized and accepting his ministry. In John chapter one, the apostle John writes of John the baptizer and Jesus in verse one, six, chapter one, six through nine, he says this, there was a man who was sent from God. All right, Jesus asked, was, was, you know, was the baptism of God or man? And the word clearly states that there was a man who was sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to bear witness about the light being Jesus, that all might believe through his testimony of Jesus Christ. He was not the light, all right? He was himself was not the light, but he came to bear witness of Jesus Christ, the light, the true light, which gives light to everyone who is coming into the world, all right? John's job, his authority, his influence was to point everyone to Jesus, which is our authority, which is our influence, which is our job, to know Jesus and to make Jesus known, Amen. And because of this, Jesus answers the, asks them a question. And the answer to Jesus' question actually answers their question. If they would have truly answered that question that Jesus gave them, they would answer their own question on whose authority. <laughs> Even from the grave, John the Baptist is still pointing to Jesus. Jesus was basically telling these guys, that's a good question. You should probably answer it. 
the questions most people answer, ask you, if they're asking honestly, and the questions that you ask quite honestly, God is going to reveal to you if you let him. If you just let him. Verse 5. They discussed it with one another, saying, if, if we say, <laughs> they're like, wait, what, 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 what? You know what I mean? They, Jesus flipped the script. They're like, okay, hold on. And remember, this is in front of everybody in the temple. Jesus was in the temple preaching. It was a Passover week. There are just, you know, hundreds and thousands, and some even say a million people there in Jerusalem. And so he was in the main epicenter where everybody was there for, and at the temple, just teaching and preaching. And these guys try to put him down in front of people. And he turns the flips the script just completely on them. And, and he says, let me ask you a question. And he asks the question, and they're like, okay, wait, 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 hold on. I can imagine these guys huddling up. Ah, oh, dang, come here, come here, come here, come here. Shh. And they're whispering because they're surrounded by people. All right, and they're, 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 they're saying, wait, 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 wait. If we say from heaven, he's gonna say, why didn't you believe him, right? All right, they recognize the edge to Jesus's question. And we would do well all right, to, to, to understand the edge to the questions that we have about Christ, not as a, as a, not the edge to the question shouldn't be to just slice people into pieces that don't believe in the gospel, but to allow the word of God to do the work of God by just cutting into people's lives and is just into, into, into their soul and recognizing that the word of God is any more, is more powerful than any word we might have. And they're tripping. And they're starting to huddle up. Why? Because they're not looking for an honest answer. They say, well, if we say he's from heaven, he's going to say, why didn't he believe you? And if we say he's from man, all the people around us are going to freak out on us, man. They're going to stone us to death because they, they were convinced that John was a prophet. And this was a real thing, man, because stoning was the punishment for not regarding a true prophet, uh, for regarding a true prophet as false. In other words, if you were to come into the square and say, Jeremiah was a false prophet, throw rocks at him until he's dead. So this was a real thing. But they said, man, all the people will stone us to death because they're convinced John was a prophet. This is what they actually believed, but they were afraid to admit it. So they come out of their huddle, break, and they come over to Jesus, and they don't have an answer. So they answered then that they didn't know, verse 7, where it came from. In other words, they're saying, no comment, no comment. And they're still trying to hold their sense of authority. This is the religious leaders of their community, and they do not have an answer for this theological you know, question. They had an answer. And ignorance wasn't the, the problem. It was insincerity and hypocrisy. All right? they, they wouldn't say of men because they were cowards and they could not say of God because they were hypocrites. They were cowards, man. They were, they were afraid to declare. I decided, I don't know about you, you we should decide together, okay? Uh, you know, let, 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 to neither be a coward or a hypocrite. Can we, can we decide that together, man? I'm not going to be a coward, and I'm not going to be a hypocrite. 
I'm not going to be a coward, man, when it, comes to, you know, when it comes to life in general. But you know what? I'm not going to be a coward when it comes to speaking the words of Christ and the testimony of Jesus. And I'm not going to be a hypocrite. You know what I mean? I'm, this person over here and this person over here and this person right here, you wouldn't even recognize me. Because I guarantee you, Jesus is not looking for another coward. And he's got way too many hypocrites acting like they're fallen. They, they denied God, man, and they feared man. Galatians 1.10 said, for, you know, Paul, I mean, probably here's a, a, a Pharisee with a better testimony. The apostle Paul, all right, was a Pharisee. The Pharisee you know, he even said, Pharisee or Pharisees, man. I was like hardcore for this. His testimony, when, when speaking about Jesus, he says in Galatians chapter 1, verse 10, for am I now seeking the approval of man or, or of God? Am I trying to please man? If I were still trying to please man, I would not be a servant of Christ. Now, I'm not out to just try to see how many people I can get to like me. I'm out to love as many people as I possibly can with the love of Jesus Christ. Amen? And then in verse 8. Jesus is preaching. He set the scene, right? He's preaching. He's in the temple. People are surrounding him. He's just laying it down. These guys come in and try to just disrupt things. Where's your authority? Who is it? Jesus says, let me ask you a question. He speaks of, he asked them a question that if they would truly answer it would actually answer their own question. They're afraid to answer the question, all right, and they can't answer it because of their hypocrisy. And so Jesus says this, neither will I tell you by what authority I do these things. See, Jesus recognized that this discussion was going nowhere honest. It was not an honest discussion. I will tell you this, man. If your intent is to pursue a lie, no amount of truth will help. You know that. If you're talking to somebody and their intent is just to pursue a lie, no amount of truth is going to help the conversation. George MacDonald put it like this, man. I love this quote. He says, to, to give truth to him who loves it not is, only, is to only give him more multiplied reasons for misinterpretations. To give the truth of God to somebody who does not love the truth of God is only to give them more multiplied reasons to misinterpret what you're saying or to try to twist it around for their own purposes. We need to pay attention to these things. See, Jesus is not telling us to commit intellectual suicide when we give our lives to Christ. He's not saying, take your brains, throw it in the trash. We're just going to go like this everywhere we go. All right, Jesus. You know what I mean? Which is awesome going Jesus, but I'm still using my mind to say Jesus. I know why I'm saying Jesus. I know why you should say Jesus. It's pretty amazing. Let me ask you a question. Why do you think it is important for us to understand who is really in charge? 
Why do you think it's important for us to, 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 not only, to not only say it, to not only sing it, but to understand it and to live this out? Why is it important for us to recognize who's in charge and declare it with our life? Okay, you in the back there. Just kidding. Nobody, nobody got nothing? All right, yes. It determines what gets done. What else? Yes. So we can fully submit to him. Anybody else? What's that? It's all about love. We have to understand, you know, the, the, the importance of recognizing who's really in charge. We cannot serve two masters. You can't serve two masters. You can't go after this life with two masters. Oh, I'm serving this. I'm serving Jesus. I'm serving you. I'm serving Jesus. I'm serving you and this and this and this, and I'm serving Jesus. Well, it's Christmas time, so I got these little plastic things, and this is where I'm at all week. You know what I mean? I'm serving Christ. Right? We cannot serve two masters, so we have to answer the question, who is really in charge? When addictions claim your life, you have to ask the question, who's really in charge when addictions, and I'm not just talking about drugs, I'm talking about all kinds of addictions, things that we put in place just to make us feel better. You ever feel like you just need to spend some money? You had a bad day? Open up the computer? <laughs> Click. I feel so much better. All of addictions. All right? You know what I mean? When addictions claim your life, lead your life, make your life, quote unquote, better, all right? Who is really in charge when the immorality has breathing room in your life? Who's in charge? When immorality, man, when, when you give it breathing room, man, you may not be out cheating or something, but maybe, you, again, you're clicking stuff. You're reading stuff. You're looking at people the way you shouldn't look at them, and you're giving this immorality breathing room because you're no, worship, no longer worshiping the Savior, the King. You're actually worshiping the creation. Who's really in charge when that happens? When you allow that breathing room in your life, when you feel that you need to overpower our power others who's really in charge when you not 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 when you need to yeah when you feel like you need to physically overpower others who's really in charge but no when you feel like you need to verbally overpower others like in other words you're like the winner of all the arguments just because you're the loudest mouth in the room who's really in charge Right, when you feel that you have to mentally overpower people, who's really in charge? When you feel you have to emotionally overpower people, who's really in charge? We have to ask the question, man, who is really in charge? It's a big question. Jesus wasn't afraid of the question because he knew the answer. When you think that you need to lie to get your own way, man, who is really in charge? When you think that you have to manipulate people the way they think, all right, to come along to your way of thinking, all right, and you might have to lie to do it, right? You have to cut some corners. Who's really in charge? When you will sacrifice your integrity to make money, to accumulate wealth, or even position, when you feel like, you know what, cutting corners is all right, man, it's just part of business. 
when you put business before Christ, who's really in charge? You have to ask these questions. We have to challenge this in our life, man. We're not here, man. We're here to, to hear the word of God, to submit underneath the word of God, all right, and declare who is really in charge, amen? You see, we're followers, man. This is by nature. No, no, I've been told I'm a leader all my life. Me too. My dad used to tell me all the time. And you know what? It was really, really helpful. And that's an important thing. But by nature, hum, humankind are followers, right? We follow who or whatever we submit to as our authority in life. Because of that, it's critical that we understand that God is the ultimate authority. Otherwise, we serve, we worship. Or we follow whatever we place in that position. You recognize that? Hmm. I know this, man. We will never understand our position in this life until we accept his in our life. We'll never understand our position in this life until we accept his position in life and in our life. So if I'm going to be a follower, I'm going to be a follower of the one who's really in charge. If I'm going to be a follower, I'm going to be a follower who leads the way to Jesus. Amen? Yeah, yeah that was a lot. <laughs> that was a lot. What are we going to do about all that? I have a simple challenge. It's a simple question. I want you to ask it, but I also want you to ask it, answer it, because the implications are huge. It's a simple question, but if you would not only ask it, but answer it personally, the implications are huge. And here it is. And I got a, I got a couple of questions that are going to follow it. Two more. But this main question, if you, if you were to honestly Access? That's supposed to be assessed. Did I write access? Does that say access? I don't know. Pretend it says assess your life. <laughs> if you were honestly, or if you were to honestly assess, you know, take a good look at your life right now, who would you say is in charge? If you were to totally take a look, all right, and, and examine your life, Right now, who would you say in charge? Take a look, all right, at your family life. Take a look at your relationships. Take a look at your money and your possessions. Take a look at your walk in life when no one is looking. And ask yourself, who's really in charge? Who's really in charge? It's a simple question. See, some of you are trying to figure out some really important stuff right now in your life. And things that are going to just probably impact, you know, your near future and if not your foreseeable future. And you need to ask the question before making your decisions. Who's really in charge? And if you would really, truly, if you would submit to the authority of God, I'm telling you, you'll have a better vantage point and taking a look at what's going to happen next. So if you were to honestly 
examine, and we'll change that for next service, your life right now. Who would you say is in charge? That's our first question. Second question, so we want to ask the question, who really is in charge? And if you are brave enough, here we go. If you're brave enough, all right, take this question with you, all right, this week, and apply it into those areas of your life that actually make your life up. And then when you ask, answer that question, who's really in charge? Then I want you to ask and answer this final question, well, what are you going to do about that? I mean, if he is ultimately in charge, what are you doing about that today? If he is not quite in charge of every little area, what are you going to do about that? Man, there are simple questions. The first being, take, take a look, examine your life, ask who's really in charge, look at your whole life, and ask who's really in charge. Just take this week and do it. Wake up tomorrow and ask the question, who's in charge? In the end of the day tomorrow, who is, who is in charge today? Who was in charge today? Begin Tuesday morning, who's in charge? And ask the question, examine that question, who was really in charge on Tuesday? Well, we got the easy part done. <laughs> We're going to be right here for prayer, man, if you want to come up for prayer. We got a fence back there in the back with some prayer things you can write on, some prayer paper and throw it in the fence. We'll definitely be praying over that. But now it's your turn. We're going to sing a, a song, man, and just give an opportunity for a response. It's not just, we're just going to sing a feel-good.